So I think like just being able to RX the workouts um, and not have any problem like knowing like, yes, I can finally do this weight because I've been working so hard to accomplish this. That's one of the best feelings probably is just knowing that you put all this work in either like during the class, after the class, going home and working on yourself. Like you, you can finally like doing these workouts RX. Like, that's one of the best feelings ever. It's like definitely taking rest days is also important because like, I was at the point where I was like, stupid to take rest days. So I was uh, working out probably six times a week with, and maybe still doing something on the seventh time of the or seventh day of the week. And that was also like, I was just always so tired and I was not getting any benefit from just making myself go to the gym every single day to just to do stuff, just to do stuff because I thought it looked cool because the other top athletes do that. But Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. Today, I have Colin Leach on the podcast. Colin has been a member at College Station CrossFit for quite some time, and you're going to love hearing his story. Enjoy. Hey guys, this is Colin Leach. Uh, like Charlie said, I've been a member here since November 2012 was when I first started. Uh, back then, we had to do two on-ramps before becoming a member, so that's, that's what I started with. Um, my road to fitness pretty much begins with I played high school and uh, in high school. Um, quit my senior year, joined FFA. Played football? No, no football. Oh. Just baseball. Baseball? Yep. Uh, quit my senior year, played – Joined FFA, got into livestock and pigs and cows and stuff and whatnot. Uh, chose A&M, tried to uh, pursue being a vet, didn't work out, switched to sports management. And that's about the time that I really started getting more involved with fitness. Started off with going to indoor rock climbing, then met one of Charlie's former coaches, Sarah Urban. She got me into the gym. Uh, she was my first on-ramp. And from that, I've been pretty much only doing CrossFit now. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on the podcast, Colin. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you doing this. And I know the people listening are going to love hearing kind of your journey. So let's go back first to uh, talk about high school baseball. So how long did you play? How many years? What what, what did that consist of? Uh, I play, I've been playing baseball for a long time, probably since I was five. So I was playing my primarily my main sport was baseball. I played football in junior high, but was really wasn't interested in football as much. Was better at baseball, to be honest. Was, was pretty good at pitching. That's why I enjoy was pitching. So, how many years did you play? All from five until graduating high school. Yes, pretty much. You played club team, select team. Did you do all that? Yeah, I did club and select, and then of course high school. Where are you from? I'm from the from Dallas. I lived in Desota till I was six, and my dad's job transferred him to Houston. That's when we moved to the Woodlands. So. I mean, baseball, I grew up there. Baseball was huge. There was a lot of really high-end select teams. Mm-hmm. What, how, I mean, did you have, you know, a desire to play in college? What, you know, at some point in high school when you were playing, what, how'd your high school baseball team play, do in overall? Uh, I really had no, no desires in college. Um, I think I was, I think I knew I was at, at one point because I, I, I quit my senior year to, pursue other options i knew like i wanted to do something other than sports really so so do how good was your high school baseball team uh we weren't very good because so right when i started high school they built a new high school and we were the first full graduating class to that high school 
so we just we just got into the district. What so high school is that? It was the Woodlands College Park. Okay. So of course there's the Woodlands, which they've won state many many times. So we were, which they had all the good players. So they when the, when the district split, they got most of the good players, and a lot of us got sent to the other the other high school. That's yeah, I, I went to Cy Creek, Cy and Cy Creek back. I mean, when I was in high school, was pretty good, and mm-hmm. and they did. Um, they had some big players in the district, you know, in Cypher ISD. Yeah, there's there a lot some, of Cypher teams. Yeah, but yeah. we always saw the Woodlands. And so I guess the Woodland, the high school you went to started what year? 2005 was the first year. Okay. Yep. Very cool, man. Mm-hmm. So what, pitcher only or what else? No, pitcher and outfield. Could you crush it when you hit the ball? No, I never hit any home runs, but I was pretty good at uh, getting base hits. And I was pretty good at like, directions too. Like I could hit left field right field center field or whatnot so now you I mean, had good control right now you're sitting across from me you're pretty jacked right like i've seen you grow uh, over time how what were, were you built like when you were playing baseball uh, i was not this i was like one i was skinny and scrawny i was like 150 and how much do you weigh now uh 195 so you've put on nearly 50 pounds yep especially since like even before cross it i was 160 I would say, and then since CrossFit, I mean, I've gained what thirty-five pounds or so. so wow. Okay. Just, yeah. So yeah. So basically, when did you weigh one sixty? Two thousand twelve. When you two thousand twelve, probably two thousand twelve till I would say two thousand fourteen. That's but that's when I was starting to I mean lose fat and put more muscle on and whatnot. Okay, man, that, let's hear how you did it. That's the big question right now because you got a lot of people listening. I guarantee you the guy who weighs 160 pounds is going to take notes. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> you're 100, I mean, you're 200 pounds, man. You're 195, and uh, how, how, how have you done it? So I would say uh, when I first started college, I rushed a little bit for fraternity. So I did a, I did a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, eating very badly. But, I mean, I... I have a pretty good metabolism, so I never really gained weight. But, I mean, all that eating was making me tired and lazy, and I pretty much never worked out. I would go, I would go, and do, go to the gym and do shoulders and chest. I would never do legs or – I never did legs ever, pretty much. The rec center? Yeah, the rec. And then uh, – so how I got into CrossFit, if we want to switch that gear if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So what year was your freshman year, just to put a timetable uh, on? 2009. 2009. August, August 2009. Okay. Yep. So uh, one of my roommates, his name is Dan. One of his older brothers was doing this thing in CrossFit somewhere in Houston, like I think Clear Lake or somewhere. And he told him that he should do that if he would, because he was wanting to pursue a career as a police officer. So he told him he should do that because he was not in not in good shape at all. So we showed up, met Charlie, met Sarah. They were perfect. Gave us our on ramps, and then. For some reason, I just I kept going every week, and he stopped. <laughs> and then that's when I I realized I need to start eating better. I really got like I got super addicted at first to CrossFit. I would. And this was your junior year in college. Yeah, it was my junior year. I would say Somewhere so, sophomore between junior year. Okay. Yeah. This is going probably three to four times a week, which is way more than I would have worked out to begin with. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, okay, so you said you got addicted. Yeah. I know the feeling. I think a lot of people listening know the feeling. What was it that 
attracted you and what is it that made you feel addicted to CrossFit early on when you started? Uh, I just like being able to push myself and try new things I've never done before that would never have tried to do before. And just, I love the feeling of feeling tired and exhausted, getting to go home to relax and be like, I just worked out really good and being sore the next day. That was, that was a feeling just getting that soreness that I've never really gotten before. And, and you, before you said you were doing like shoulders and arms, would you say it was like typical traditional bodybuilding type workouts, like chest and tries and back and buys or kind of a body part split? Yes. Okay. Just, I all I want to do is I really care about most of my shoulders and my chest. And a lot of curls. Lift. Yeah. <laughs> and so from 2009 to 2012, rec center, body part training, mm-hmm. did you gain any weight? Or were you 160 pounds then? I was 160 pounds then. I didn't really gain. Because I was never really. You were partying and you were kind of doing the fraternity thing and working out, but not focusing on diet, not really com- completely committed like you got later. Yeah, pretty much. I did only the fraternity thing just for that one semester. But oh, um, yeah, I was never trying to like get stronger. I was just pretty much doing the same reps, just doing what I needed to do that made me feel better about myself. So then your junior year or somewhere between sophomore and junior year, stumble upon the CrossFit gym mm-hmm. and do the on-ramps, right? Yep. And you said something earlier that back then they were different. So talk, you know, a lot of people haven't been around as long as you have. So kind of tell us, you know, or tell the listeners a little bit about even just College Station CrossFit, which at the time we, we called, referred to it as BoomFit, mm-hmm. um, about the gym when you started. Oh, yeah, it was I put this the best way. Um, so I guess you, you and Sarah, and then Michael Bingaman was also the other the other coach that was my on ramp coach. Y'all pretty much welcomed your your doors for us, no matter like what kind of shape we were in, what kind of physicalities we had, and then the on ramps were very special because like I learned things that, that like I could do that I never knew I could do before, like. Like, my squat depth was always good. I never, like, really tried to ever do back squats. So I got lucky that I was had a good back squat depth. And I was pretty good at handstand push-ups, just, I guess, because of all the shoulder work I did. So that was very cool. And being able to put that into workouts really was really helpful. Well, you know, and we just recently, and I guess in the last six, seven months since January, kind of started doing on-ramps again, and yeah. we've gotten a great response from people who we have four sessions now mm-hmm. um, and everybody who signs up, who's never done CrossFit kind of goes through that process. Just like hearing you say that, it's really encouraging because mm-hmm. it, you know, even though somebody has been working out, but not doing CrossFit doesn't mean they can just transition right into CrossFit. Yep. So knowing that we're going to be able to teach them the fundamentals, right? Like yep. the nine foundational movements and along with introducing them to a little bit of intensity is kind of the whole purpose behind on ramps. Yep. So back then you started, you kind of got into it really quickly. You said you started coming, what, four days a week, three, four days, five days a week. Yeah, probably three or four. Yep. And then when was your first competition? Did you do the, did you do the open back when you started? No, I didn't. The first year I didn't participate in the open just because I didn't, I had a, an injury. So I guess we can back the uh, back pedal a little bit. So I, I was, so I started in November I was probably did it for about five months, and then I hurt my back real bad. It wasn't because it was just because my my 
I just did something stupid in my on my body that I should have done. So I stopped coming because I, and I started, I fell in love with rock climbing and then that helped strengthen my back back up. And then I think you and Sarah pretty much was like, hey man, you should really come back. And I know you really liked it and you were doing really good and improving a lot. I was like, yeah, I really need to do that. So I got back into it. Uh, I did the open the, the following year after that. But really my first competition I did, it was actually, it was called uh, Wadapalooza. Not, I remember that It wasn't, one. not the one in Miami, but it was, it was, I think it was in Temple, Texas or somewhere. And we, a bunch of the people from the gym went, like Sarah, Ken, just to name a few. I think Matt, Matt Haynes and Sarah Fish were there and there was a bunch of people from the gym. And yeah. So they had, it was helpful because they had like a beginner's comp back then. It wasn't really scaled, it was just a beginner's comp. And so it was kind of RX with scale movements, which was pretty cool. And that was, that was a lot of fun, that competition. What did that do for your passion of CrossFit? What, you know, your overall enthusiasm about the sport? Uh, it, it helped a lot. That definitely sparked the competition side of me. And then after that, I mean, I've been competing in little competitions ever since. Have you had back injury since or back no, I, pain? I'm, I'm perfectly good now. I, I, I fixed the problem. Like you and other coaches helped me with my form and better, better my technique. And I haven't had any other issues since then. No more back issues. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, going back to putting on nearly 30 pounds of mm-hmm. what I believe to be muscle, <laughs> but what, you know, was it just time? Like you, you said you adjusted diet. Like, tell me a little bit more about what you did. Uh, I guess it's definitely I put it on when it, like, I guess the paleo diet became more popular, like, two years ago. That's when I started gaining all the weight. Not, not, not gaining bad weight, but gaining muscle, I should say. And I've been trying to follow, like, paleo, no bread, no sugar diet ever since. So, I don't know if you've seen, uh, like, Noah Olson's before and after pictures. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this past weekend we were at the games, and, man, Noah... Like, when he's standing about as close as you are to me right now, yep. this dude is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're quite as big as Noah Olsen, no. but <laughs> but in terms of the drastic change, like, there, there's something about these movements, right? There's something about the types of workouts that we do. And I'm not trying to, you know, put any fear and probably some uh, ladies listening saying that they're going to get big because that's not going to happen. But... Um, how have you, I mean, putting on 30 pounds of muscle, being a hard gainer, because you've been mm-hmm. 160 pounds probably majority of your life, yep. you know, was it gradual? Was it like a pound or two here? Was it, what, what, what was the time frame that you did all of a sudden you woke up, you were 190 pounds? No, so it was, it was definitely gradual. I became more consistent, which was very helpful. Then did less cherry picking. Sorry, more, I think... I actually think the biggest thing was working on my weaknesses. That actually helped a lot because I was just never doing muscle-ups. I would always, like, that helped a lot. So I started doing more muscle-ups, worked on handstand push-ups, worked on, like, since I never really squatted, one of my biggest weaknesses is my legs. So just working on leg strength. So I think I was able to put a lot more muscle in my legs to help gain that weight. So that helped a lot. Yeah, so pretty much just following – crossfit programming yeah, i would just say just consistency not cherry picking 
I'm just being more efficient with myself. So. so tell me about a little bit of the gains, improvements over time from, you know, the last few years of doing CrossFit. What have you seen? What have you been able to accomplish? Benchmark workouts, strength, numbers, stuff like that. So uh, I think one of the coolest aspects of this sport is uh, so when you start off, you're, most people start off scaled. And then when you kind of, when you can finally do that RX weight on that, on that one workout you do, you're like, that's the, one of the best feelings ever, you know? So I think like just being able to RX the workouts um, and not have any problem, like knowing like, yes, I can finally do this weight because I've been working so hard to accomplish this. That's one of the best feelings probably is just knowing that you put all this work in either like during the class, after the class, going home and working on yourself. Like you, you can finally like, Doing these workouts RX, like that's one of the best feelings ever. So, what was your first workout to do RX? Do you remember? I don't. Unfortunately, uh, I've tried to remember, but it's that was so long ago. It's like six or seven years ago. So, it's, so do you remember when you first back squatted? How much you could do, or how much weight you were doing? No, but I do uh, deadlift. I knew I could only do one eighty five to begin with. Wow! Yeah. And what do you do now? And that's one of the reasons I hurt my back before because I tried to do one ninety and then. A terrible form and that's how it hurt my back and what do you do now uh i would say 450 i haven't really ever back or pr my deadlift i don't really ever really try to look at that number but so from 180 pound deadlift to a 450 pound deadlift yes. <laughs> what about um yeah you said you don't remember back squat you remember your first time to do fran uh unfortunately no i wish i did or murph I do remember the first time I did Murph. I waited. I've only done Murph four times, so I, I mean, I waited to do that because so, I wanted to be able to do that RX and be able to finish it correctly. So I, mean, I waited till I was good enough with pull-ups and push-ups and running. So, which, I mean, so you, I mean, you've seen a lot of of gains. And tell me this, because I know you for a while were dabbling with Isaac a long yeah. time ago with like Outlaw or just some pretty hardcore programming in terms of volume mm -hmm. do you still do heavy volume workouts like what is your current and and tell me about like even back then like what did you learn from programming like that because you've been doing crossfit for a long time and you've gotten your level one so mm -hmm. you're very knowledgeable in the sport yep. so tell me a little bit about what you uh what you've learned about programming personally for you so currently i'm not really doing that much volume anymore i'm just having fun and probably just an hour a day or so just enjoying just, I'd rather like it's more enjoyable just to be able to push yourself hard on one workout get a lift in and just feel better the rest of the day instead of feeling tired all day and be like because I never wanted to really want to get to the point where I was like getting burnt out or bored like being like oh now I have to go do this now and then oh I still have to back squad man I'm so tired I want to do that but I have to or I didn't really want to get that. I wanted to be like, be energetic and be like, yes, I get the back squad. I, yes, I just did a good, got a good PR in this workout. So not, I'm just, I'm really not following super much volume right now. Just I'll occasionally do comp train or misfit, but I won't really do all of what they require. But I mean, back then I was doing probably, I would do it two days a lot, which, which actually put a huge toll on my body. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I was getting like tendonitis on my knee and my shoulder and that's kind of laid off all that squatting and it helped and, it's, and I felt better. I mean, I feel way better now just doing the hour and a half or hour a day workouts. So. And when you were doing all that volume, where is it 
because you wanted to go to regionals? Was it because you wanted to compete at a high level? Well, yeah, that was my. I wanted to do good in the open and hopefully make it to regionals, but that didn't work out. So, so there's a lot of young guys. You know, you're 27. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you're not young because you're still young, but there's a lot of guys that are young now that were probably like you five years ago. Mm-hmm. You're talking about tendonitis, and you're talking about volume, and a lot of these guys, you know, they think the answer to going to or doing well in the open is more volume. Yep. What do you think, uh, based on experience now, based on trial and error, and uh, you know, putting your body through what what it's been through? What what do you what's your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts on that are is no to the more volume, just because like it's you end up just you're just tearing your body apart. So when it does come competition time. I mean, you're more hurt and tired than anything. It's you're not gonna be proficient at anything. So I mean, it's just like it's kind of like Rich Froning now nowadays. Like he's he has the terrible knee problems, which he's getting all the stem cell shots for and whatnot. And he's definitely attributed that to all his years of doing all the long workouts. And but I just don't want to get to that point where I have to having start seeing a doctor about issues and having that kind of stuff happen to me. Yeah, no, I think that's wise advice and, and really good wisdom because, you know, Rich Froning, first place four years in a row, mm-hmm. affiliate champ now, what, three in the last four or two of the last three, um, not even 30 years old. I don't know. I mean, and yeah, for all for probably for good reason. It's kind of like an NFL football player who's been at the top of the game for 10, 12 seasons. Yeah. They probably have – I mean, let's be honest. You want to perform at that level and you want to win championships, it's going to come along with some, you know, uh, aftermath, right, in yeah. terms of the, the toll your body's going to take. But when you're just a normal dude, yeah. <laughs> you know, like like the, the majority of us who do CrossFit, to put your body through that is probably not a very good idea because you're going to feel that over time. Yeah. You, go ahead. So uh, one thing I've always heard is, like, it's always better just to – do that one workout like with good high intensity than just to do a workout when you're tired and hurting. Like you're not getting any benefit from just doing that workout when your your back's hurting, your knees are hurting. Doing it just to do it does nothing. It's, when you feel good and can hit a high intensity and get a better time every time you do it, that's like that's what gets you to the next level, I believe. And that's so. a great point, Colin, is listening to your body. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you – let me give you an example. You know, we had deadlifts programmed in the workout, but I substituted that because we did heavy deadlifts the day before in mm-hmm. Madison. Yeah. And, you know, 2010, I made that mistake. I was 2009, new to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. You just do what's on the board and, you know, you suffer through it. And, yeah. you know, but now it's like having that maturity of looking at a workout and then based on how I feel, gauging the intensity that I'm going to give it or the, you know, maybe, maybe the weight I'm going to use, you know, sometimes I'm yeah. just like, today's not a day to go at a hundred percent on yeah. this movement, even though it might be saying today's a one rep max, five rep max, whatever, you know, PR uh, I've done in the past, you know, being okay with doing Murph one Memorial day year at, you know, 48 minutes. And then the next year, maybe at 52 and just being completely okay with that. Yeah. Also, I think like, rest days is important as well. I think a lot of people see like the top athletes like Rich Froning and whoever, they see they never take rest days. 
which is that's fine for them because that means their full time job. They're getting they they get meals provided to them, so they're they're getting the, the quality nutrition they get to recover fully. They're getting the good sleep. But like most of us that have are in school or have full time jobs, you just, you can't get that that food intake they get or that quality of rest that they get. It's like definitely taking rest days is also important because like I was at the point where I was like it's stupid to take rest days. Like so I was uh, working out probably six times a week with and maybe still doing something on the seventh time of the or seventh day of the week. And that was also like I was just always so tired and that I was not getting any benefit from just making myself go to the gym every single day to just to do stuff just to do stuff because I thought it looked cool because the other top athletes do that. But I think that's a, a big a big um, perception people will just miss is that you, you sh- like you need the rest days unless I think yeah so. no I think man this topic yeah. is huge you know mm-hmm. so let's talk about recovery because um, it sounds like rest is important mm-hmm. um, I know you've been doing CrossFit for a long time you've you know you, you, I believe you've done it at a very high level regardless of maybe how the open turned out I still consider you one of the top athletes in the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you're very well experienced in this sport. So you have a lot of wisdom to share. What, what does recovery look like for you? Um, So I have on me right now, I have one of those hoop bands. So though these help so much because they tell me how much sleep I need to get based on there's a, uh, Though that's what Chris Rea has yeah, too. Yeah, Chris Rea has, but uh, yeah, it tells you it tells you your your daily HRV, which is heart rate variability, which is basically the time between each heartbeat. So, and then also tells you your heart rate and your resting heart rate. So that based on that, it it calculates all this stuff and tells you your daily strain, which you put on your body. And the daily strain ranges from zero to twenty, I believe. So it tells you based on your daily strain how much body how much time in bed and sleep you need to fully recover. So definitely that has been a big change in my life. So it's definitely helped me get more sleep every night. Cause I usually only would sleep like six hours a night or so, which was not, not enough sometimes to fully recover as so definitely sleep, taking naps, um, definitely staying away at like before, like I said, I started following the paleo diet a little bit more strictly, staying away from the bread, the sugar, do you do any um, like more vegetables recovery boots or chiropractic care or anything like that? I don't really do. I don't really go do anything crazy like that. I do. I go to the chiropractor. I go to Ben sometimes, but other than that, nothing really crazy with, uh, with recovery. Any ROM wad, any thorough cool down, stretching, anything like that? Yeah. I, I, I do dabble in yoga a little bit. Uh, sometimes I like to do, like I was saying, like you should take rest days, but like I think it also is helpful on those rest days. I know there's people misconfuse active recovery with working out still, but like I would, I would go to like yoga to stretch out on those active recovery days instead of actually coming to the gym and doing a workout, which a lot of people see like the other athletes do is like they still work on their active recovery days, but they call yeah it, like five k row yeah. active recovery. <laughs> yeah, which I don't. I think that's not active recovery, so. But like going to yoga on those days is, is helpful. It's been helpful. So. No, it sounds, Colin, just like you've kind of come full circle and really matured in, in your understanding of um, of your body mm-hmm. and, and listening to your body. And yes, still making progress, 
but also not at the expense of hurting yourself or overtraining. Mm-hmm. Have you over? Would you ever say that you've suffered? Not suffered, I guess would be the right word. But would you ever say that you've overtrained? Yes, I definitely have overtrained. And tell me, I mean, what for somebody who's never even heard of that terminology? I don't know. If you're familiar with like adrenal fatigue. Mm-hmm. What? How, how? What can you share about that? Definitely, like you said, adrenal fatigue is was one thing I've noticed. Uh, waking up with like night sweats, that also is also another symptom. Just I've had those s- symptoms to some degree, not not terribly bad, but I've noticed like I've it's just not worth it. So I, I definitely whenever when I start seeing stuff like that, I slow down and take days off, eat better, and rest better. So. And what would is that associated? You think a lot when your volume's high, or when you've probably worked out too many times in a you know limited time period. Yeah, definitely too many times in a limited time period. So the last thing I want to talk about before we close out is competitions. Um, So you started with that very first Wadapalooza, and and I think you've, you know, been in competitions, not just the Open, but you've done PCS Classic. You've done the Fittest Games. So kind of share with me a little bit about the, your experience in competing in the sport of CrossFit, how you've seen competitions evolve and like where you're at now in terms of competing. Okay. So starting off with Wadapalooza, that was like a very basic, simple competition. Um, there was no really crazy movements in that one at all. It was actually like, it forced me. So there was bar, mu- like I had to do bar muscles the first time in that competition, I believe. So that forced me to do, actually work on my weaknesses and do bar muscles. So I actually learned bar muscles pretty fast in my CrossFit career. So that was cool about that. But going for Wadapalooza to, like, I started doing bigger and bigger competitions after that because I really caught the competition bug. Um, I think the next thing I actually did was called the All Cities Open, which was in Dallas area. I think I did that with a couple other members from the gym. And that was that was really an, an op- a, a, a eye-opening experience for me because that was – I jumped from such a smaller competition to such a bigger competition. I didn't really meet in the middle halfway, which is what I should have done before I did that. But I realized, like, I mean, there's really good people at these competitions, and I really need to, to work better. And, um, and like, eating all this bad food at first and not really stretching or working on good movements, that was – I was like, I need really need to focus on that. To, if I'm going to do these big competitions again – so that all doing all cities open, I actually got last place in that, which was it was terrible. But it was actually I'm glad I got last place because that that was definitely helped me realize what I'd said before about I need to start really uh, caring more about my body and what goes on and what I put in it and how I perform. So after that, I just did some more local competitions and I was like, okay, I finally feel better enough that I can compete at this thing that they called the Fittest Games, which is in Austin. So I made it through the online qualifier for the uh, amateur division and actually got to that. I had a lot of fun on that because that forced me to actually compete with myself, forced me to go harder than I've ever gone. I was actually proud of like my result for that one. And so that helped a lot. And moving forward, like, are you still going to be competing in competitions? Yes. I I still love to compete. What do you love about competing? I just love the atmosphere. I love pushing yourself and just having fun and I love strategizing and just 
being able to like uh, show myself that like like all these years of CrossFit, I've, all these all these years of work that I've put in with it, five or six years I've put in it so far, like I definitely paid off, and it's definitely rewarding just to even even doesn't really depend on what place you get or, or anything. It's just knowing that you did all this and just came out very happy. It's just it's one of the best feelings ever. So. Yeah, you know, I think of it kind of like a runner probably who does half marathons and 5K. Mm-hmm. You know, like the CrossFit competitions are really now for everyone. Yeah, they are. Most of, I mean, let's be honest, like the, the CrossFit games obviously is, but even the big events have scale divisions and, you know, intermediate divisions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a runner getting to go out and run, let's say a full marathon or half marathon or 5K, it's I mean, they run all the time. So so it's obviously not necessarily just to go run, but they love the training, right? Because there's a preparation, especially yeah. if you're going from couch to 5K or it's your first half or full. Mm-hmm. Same like a CrossFitter. You, you know, you're doing CrossFit all the time at your gym, but now you're preparing. You're going to start eating better. You're going to start training sp- specifically for an event. Mm-hmm. And then the experience, right? Yeah. Getting to go and like being in a CrossFit competition to me is so awesome it's just like the experience alone is worth it getting to go through those workouts you get a judge like when it's put on very well Mm -hmm. it's really a fun experience i think you made a good point about like uh, all the competitions nowadays like anybody can do them now it's like besides the crossfit games there's also there's wadapuza which is the big one in miami and then there's also the granite games which they have those have divisions that anybody can join so i think it helps people for them to like even if you're a scale, you can do the scale division, but going there and pushing yourself and then also getting to like watch the other athletes compete. It's like, that's, that's just a good experience just in general, just to be like, oh, man, if I just, one of these days I can get to that level and just through training and better preparing myself and just adding more years across it, you can just, you can uh, soon just get the results they're getting. It's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. So title of the podcast is building better people. Um, you've been at the gym a while, so you kind of maybe do remember it was when we first came out with the shirts. You remember that we had the college station CrossFit on the sleeve and the Brian CrossFit on the other sleeve. Yes. I think you have one of them. And then we put building better people on the back of the mm-hmm. shirts. And, um, so you've seen the gym kind of grow towards that mission and purpose. And mm-hmm. how, how is that true for you? How has, uh, CrossFit and working out and, um, just becoming healthier as a person made you a better version of yourself? Just overall in lifestyle, it's helped with everything. Like, it's definitely given me a sense of purpose. It's given me more focus. Before, like, I mean, I struggled in college for a while. Uh, one point, I mean, I got close to dropping out and just joining the military. But like, just the more I came, the more people I met and talked to, and of course you, like, you've you've definitely been a good mentor for me for a good while. I've just, it's just given me a better sense of, of my life and better purpose. Because now, like especially in faith-wise, too. Like, I never really went to church or anything, but just coming here, having you spread faith, and I've been able to actually have a sense of purpose in my life now. So I think building better people definitely is a very good quote because you really are getting built better, Uh, whether it's through fitness, family, community. Everything adds up, Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.